Okay, we're in Psalm 18, and I want to speak tonight about something that should really appeal to you, and that is the wrath of God. The wrath of God. And you know, we don't hear enough about the wrath of God. We need to be preaching the full counsel of God, brothers and sisters, the goodness and the severity of God. Today's fluffy daddy in the sky God of modern day Christianity is not the God of the Bible. God is love and he's a father to us and he loves us and you know he shows great mercy and, and, and you know I, I can resonate with Paul who says I'm the chief of sinners because when you, you know, I feel sorry for someone you've never really done anything bad because you don't know the grace that deep until you've known forgiveness. Like, if, you, if you've been really bad. Bad to the bone, as they say. But he shows grace and mercy, yes. But he does not wink at sin. And he's a God to be feared. And one thing we need in this nation, in fact, I would say that the, the number one thing we need, and if you, if you have people you're praying for, uh, that, that you need to know Jesus. The one thing they need is what the nation needs, we all need, the fear of the Lord. We need the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord brings, uh, hum uh, by humility, the fear of the Lord, the riches and honour and life. And it's the beginning of wisdom. So you might know somebody who's very clever, very uh, intellectual, but if they don't fear God, they're not even on the first rung. Because the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom. And we need the fear of the Lord. Britain is in the condition it's in because there is no fear of the Lord. And, and, and remember when you, you uh, years ago, I remember when I was younger, even people who didn't go to church, they, they weren't interested really in coming along, they weren't born again, but they had a reverence and fear for God. Am I right? And they would honour the Sabbath, they would honour uh, the things of God, they would honour uh, ministers of God, and they would even honour Christians, all right? That's God. That's the party. There is no fear of the Lord. Now, <clears throat> let's look at God's wrath and understand you know, it's interesting to ask the question, what makes God angry? Why does God get angry? And how did he show his anger? We've just read in Psalm 18 all these things here, you know, smoke coming out his nostrils, breathing fire. And that's just, it's metaphoric language to show us God is enraged. But why? Why? We, we sometimes just assume that God is quite capricious and, and petty and, and like he can't wait for an opportunity to send thunderbolts on some people. And you know, I don't know about you, but I would like to do that to some people, wouldn't you? But remember what the, the, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, they wanted to zap everybody that didn't listen to Jesus. And he says, you don't know what spirit you're of. But how does God get angry? Well, why does he get angry? This psalm tells us. 
And this psalm explains, and we will other scriptures, that explain the ways and workings of God in a way that you and I need to understand. If we're going to pray effectively for our nation, for our community, for each other even, you know, prayer should be something that we become experts at. We just need to learn how to craft prayers that reach God's ears and reach his heart. And not just read from our, you know, these wee books you get, daily light or something. But understand. And the only way to understand God's heart, of course, is by the Holy Spirit and by his word. Amen. David says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. I used to love this psalm, we've seen that this morning, when I was a young man, because it's full of uh, warrior language. Uh, run through a troop, leap over a wall, and destroy the enemy, God makes my fingers to fight. And your young men like to fight, some older men like to fight as well. So this is a psalm for warriors. But it's a very, there's a lot of truth in this. But I believe the Lord wants to show us tonight, particularly about God's wrath and judgment. You know, all that fun stuff. Fire and brimstone. But you see, it's not just about being religious, it's about understanding, as I said, what makes God angry. And why does he get angry? And the answer may, may surprise you. David says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. David had a, a testimony. He testified what God was to him. It's so important that you and I testify. You've been given the power of speech. For a purpose. And that purpose is to speak God's word back to him. And pray to him based on what he said to you and I. Our opinions, our ideas, all of that means nothing. That's why our mouth is to be full of God's word. So that even when we speak in normal conversation, first of all we won't say anything filthy or useless or anything like that in vain and futile. But so that we will speak creative words, words of spirit and life, because these are the words that he's given us in his book to speak. And, and remember what it says, the two-edged sword, in the Greek the word is distoma or didstomos, which means two mouth. God has spoken and now he expects a response from our mouth. So what you testify, remember what it says in Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Do you need to overcome something tonight? Then you need to be pleading the blood of Jesus, speaking his blood, understanding what the blood is to you, and testifying of it, testifying of what God is to you. What you say of the Lord is who and what he will be to you. Psalm 91, which we've looked at, particularly in relation to this pandemic, is that I will say of the Lord. And saying these things of the Lord is what gives us 
uh, Holy Ghost immunity from calamity and evil and plague coming near her well. But you have to be somebody who says it of God. So important. If his word isn't in your mouth constantly, then it needs to be brothers and sisters. But let's look what happened here. I'll call upon the Lord, he says. Verse 3. Who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. David understood this spiritual truth, that to be delivered from your enemies, you have to say that God will deliver you. You have to say he's my deliverer. You know, all those uh, Jehovah uh, statements about God. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. Jehovah Sipkinu, the Lord my righteousness. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. What you say of the Lord is exactly what he will be to you. But he wants you to say it, and he needs you to say it, and you need to say it. And the devil needs to hear you say it. And the more you say it, the more you believe it, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The substance of the thing you hope for will come to you as you say what God says. The sorrows of death encompass me, he says, or compass me. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. David was going through some stuff. Just like you and I. Probably worse for him. But we've all been through dark, dark trials, haven't we? Grievous things. And he's acknowledging that. In my distress I called upon the Lord, he said. And cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him even into his ears. We need prayers that go into God's ears. Because when you pray and God hears. He responds. Look how he responds. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved. And were shaken. Why? Because he was wroth. And that wonderful word, wrath. We don't we don't have words like that in our language that we use much in do we? We sometimes say wrath, but wrath is is it's just a wonderful word, isn't it? He was angry, he was furious, he was wroth. Why was God wroth? What made him angry? His servant, his beloved David, the man he made covenant with, was under attack. God was angry because the enemies of David were attacking David and David was feeling really under pressure with him. He was, he was at his wit's end, he was probably despairing of life itself. And God said, that makes me angry. Why? Because I'm a covenant with this man. You know, God is bound by covenant oath to get angry on our behalf or, or because we are his covenant partners in the earth, if you like, his covenant children. We have a, a, a covenant in the blood of Jesus. He's angry because our enemies have come against us. 
that they could be the devil and, and demonic entities, but I also believe they could be human enemies. Persecutors. People who persecute you because you're a Christian. You know, I'll say it, that includes governments who tell you, you can't sing in church. You have to wear face masks, you have to do it, but you can do what you like in the public, pretty much. You can do what you like in other places, but you can't come to church and do what God's Word commands you to do, which is sing unto the Lord. I don't care if you fall out me, well, we have to be the government. We do be the government, and we do our best to be law-abiding citizens. But we need to also understand that when the laws themselves are used against God's people for nefarious purposes, I like that word too, nefarious, and it describes. But we're not going to talk about wearing masks and COVID and all these things, but what we are going to talk about is this, is that those who oppose God's people for wicked reasons, you cry out to the Lord like David did. God will be angry. His wrath will be kindled. There are things in Scripture that kindle God's wrath. Oh, but you're preaching an old covenant God. No, I'm preaching the, the I'm preaching the living God. I'm preaching the living God. I'm preaching the one who judges among the nations. The judge of the whole earth. I'm preaching the, 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 the Lord of glory, the King of glory. You know, we talk about Jesus as soon coming King. And somewhere in our thinking with some people, in their thinking that means he's not King yet, he's coming to be King. No, he's not coming to be King, he's coming as King. He's King now. He rules now. He's just chosen to do it through his ecclesia. And that's you and I. What you and I tolerate is what will be. And what we do not tolerate because we lay hold of God in prayer. That's how we change things. So he says here, he bowed the heavens also came down and that. In other words, God responded to David's prayer because David was under attack and David didn't just put up with it graciously. He didn't just say, well, you know, we have to grin and bear it. He cried unto the Lord. You could even say he complained. Nothing wrong with complaining to the Lord. Like David did throughout hitting the Psalms, didn't he? We would say he was forever mourning. But God responded. Because let me just say this. We don't come into church and moan to each other. If you're going to do any moaning, moan to him. Amen? And we moan to him for a purpose. David wasn't, David wasn't just being a crybaby. David knew, I'm under a covenant with God. If I tell him my troubles, he is obligated to come to my aid. Some of us have been speaking during this whole pandemic carry on about how passive Christians are and how, uh, you know, lackadaisical they are about getting back to church. And, you know, we can't afford to be like that. We have to stir ourselves up and we have to say, Lord, we are under attack. 
attack. Yeah, I believe the church is under attack right now. We spoke about that this morning. You're up in Scotland, someone was sharing with me the other night about, uh, we, we had have in Scotland, had the Covenanters, you've maybe heard of them, they were the, the uh, temporal equivalent in, in, uh, of your Puritans in England. And some of the Puritans lost their lives and so on, we know that. But many of the Covenanters did. And someone told me the other night that in Ayrshire alone, 18,000 Covenanters were slaughtered. Uh, buried there today. Covenanters were persecuted because they were told not to assemble. They were told they can't have church. Sound familiar? They weren't allowed to praise. And you know, there was a book written by a man called Samuel Rutherford called Lex Rex. Uh, and he was a covenanter. Uh, what you might be called a divine, you know, uh, several things. And if you had a copy of this book, I've got a copy. But if I had that book back in the 17th century, having the book in your possession was automatic death. And you know what the book said? Kings and national leaders must bow the knee to Christ because Christ is their king. And we are not above him. That was the gist of the book. And we are not obligated to obey an ungodly antichrist rule. And we're not. We're obligated to obey the law to as much as is in us and as possible. But when governments and rulers cross a line, then that's a line they've crossed. And that means that you and I can lawfully and lawfully as per the Bible, resistance. Resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Quite a few men are credited with saying that Tyndall, I believe, and certainly John Knox and others. But whoever said it first week, it doesn't matter. It's true. Resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. And you may say, well, it's not a big deal with a mask. Fair enough. But what I'm saying to you is this is that when you let a spirit of something grow and grow and get power and get stronger, then you end up being told you will meet in peril of your life. Well, that'll never happen in Britain again. It won't if we pray, but it will if we don't. Amen. Okay. So, God's anger was kindled by David's prayers, kindled by David's plight, kindled by David's plea, kindled by David saying, Lord, what was happening here? And God said, and eventually got angry. You see, we can talk about sovereignty of God, but sometimes we think of God's wrath as being something that he's just uh, maybe seated in heaven's throne and just looks at something and goes, I'm angry at that. But it was David's suffering and being persecuted that triggered God's wrath. And there's a clue there, because David was in covenant with him. But look at Psalm 2, look at this, we looked at this, we've been looking at Psalm 2 and Psalm 149, haven't we folks, uh, those who remember, those who remember my sermons, uh, just to let those who, who, who haven't heard them uh, recently, that's what we've been talking about, and for those of you who totally forgot, uh, we've been looking at Psalm 2 and Psalm 149, and Psalm 2 says, why do the nations rage, why do the heathen rage, I like the word heathen, you know, it just means nations, but heathen has got that old-fashioned ring to it, although they're, they're heathens. Amen? Uh, anyway, 
And the people, imagine, of Antioch, the kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, against or Antichrist. Saying, let us break their bands asunder. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, verse 4. But look at verse 5. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath. In his wrath. You see that? Something else that provokes God's wrath is wicked rulers deciding to throw off the restraints that God places on them by his word and his covenant and, and just by his very being. They decide, I don't want that. We don't want those Christians telling us what to do. See, I, I, I believe this is talking about when it says throw off their cords, we looked at Psalm 149. Those cords, those restraints, those bands are placed upon them by the saints of God. And I believe that as the saints of God go before God, that's you and I, and say, Lord, we don't like what's happening in Westminster. We don't like what's happening in our nation. And you know, uh, we're down from Scotland, and we really do have legitimate cause to complain tonight. But the wicked government that sits in Edinburgh tonight. And your Westminster's not much better, if it even is. And as we go before the Lord and say, Lord, we need godly order, righteous government in this nation. As we present that petition before the Lord, I believe that's when his wrath is kindled. My people are complaining to me. And as I look and see, it's come into my ears, and as I look and see, they're right. This is a wicked government. Praying about government, brothers and sisters, whether, whether that upsets your cosy wee Christianity, fuzzy wee world. It's still true. It's the number one thing we need to do at this time. As we pray for government to remove the wicked and replace them with the godly, to reverse evil laws and bring back God's law upon us in our nation as we do that, as we pray for that purpose, towards that purpose and for that to happen, I believe that's what brings a, an atmosphere for revival for revival in the world can, can flourish because we've got hate crime bills we've got all kinds of things that mean that you can offend somebody just by reading this book Certain portions of this book, you read them out in that street, you're having a night in jail. Because people are offended by righteousness and by truth and by the word of God. We don't want to live in the land like that, do we? I don't. And I want to pray that God will change that, change transform society by changing the culture back to a biblical and Christian one rather than the godless, hedonistic, antichrist one we have now. That really has only come about in the last two or three decades. And I believe we can, we can kindle God's wrath because, you know, and we have to be honest, God can be angry with his own people. Judgment must begin at the house of God. But a lot of people talk about judgment. And they see something bad happen and they think, well, that's just God 
And I see this reverently, but you understand. That's God throwing a straw. But God is not like that. God is not capricious and he's not petty. Very often what we call judgment is because the saints have cried out. I'm going to show you that in a minute. You know, as I, as I was directed by the Holy Spirit to, to bring this message, I was quite astonished at how many times it says in Scripture, particularly in the Psalms, speaks about God's wrath. God is angry with the wicked every day. And it says in Romans chapter 1, the wrath of God is revealed. God wants to reveal his wrath. He wants people to see what he's angry about. Because if we have this idolatrous image that God doesn't get angry in this dispensation, he's not judging, he's just loving everybody. That's, that's, that's not the true God. That's not the God of the Bible. We have to, it's like fathers. You know, you, you love your children, you want to bless them, you want to give them all, you know, you, you, your, your heart is swelling a love for them, but when they step out of line, they do discipline, chasing, chastised. And the Bible says that if we don't receive that from God, then we are illegitimate. Apologies to King James, purists for not using the word that's used in the King James. Just using that word of legitimate, so that we understand. But it uses that word, the other word. If we don't receive that from God, the chastisement, the chastening, the discipline, the correction, the anger, even, we're not his children. Because when we submit to him as father, we have to understand, daddy isn't always cuddly and fluffy, is he? Many in here had dads that distributed the laying on of hands. And you're not psychologically scarred, are you? You're not traumatised. Because there's that side of it, there's that side of God. And, and, and he deals with us as individuals, but he deals with us as churches. You know, God is in the business of closing down churches. If God will close a church down like that, he'll just take the candle away. And he threatens to do it. Read the, the letters to the seven churches of Asia. It's almost like you can't wait. Why? Because godly order is so important in the churches. Because if the churches are rebellious and lawless, what hope the world? So we need that side of God. We need to know when he's displeased. And we need to know, as communities, we need to know as nations. Do you believe God is pleased with Britain tonight? And it's not doing religious acts that will earn his approval and appease him. It's being obedient. And submitting to him. And, and, and understanding the, the, the wrath of God as it is used really as an instrument to bring us back to the place that we should be God doesn't get angry without a reason but I think most of the time he gets angry because we cry out to 
And I think we've got a scriptural warning for that. We'll, we'll close with this. Revelation chapter 8, please. And this is not Old Covenant, is it? This is very much the New Testament. And gives us, you know, revelation simply means an unveiling, uh, a peeling back the, the layers to see what's really going on in the, the realm of the Spirit. Heavenly realms, in this case, chapter 8 of Revelation. When he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer or a golden bowl. There was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. So there you have the censer before the throne on an altar. What's that? The prayers of the saints. All the prayers of the saints. That's your prayers and my prayers and everybody else's prayers around this world. To God, your prayer is... How many have prayed and thought God didn't hear that? Sometimes you pray that he didn't even go above the ceiling. But God heard your prayer. And it's in the bowl. It's in the censer. And, he, and the angel mixes incense with it, heavenly incense with it, before the throne. Look at this. The smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake in other words the pray all the prayers of the saints triggered god's judgment on the earth so much of the things that we identify as judgment and we are saying god is judging he's only judging because you and i pray and sought his help and asked for his aid. It's our prayers that did that. It's your prayers that did that. When we pray and ask God to help in our nation, we, we must accept that God's judgment be poured out. Simple as that. It's clear for it happened for David. David cried out, and God said, I'll deal with your enemies. I'm getting angry. When the prayers of the saints here in the New Testament and Revelation, and John saw beyond, if you like, beyond uh, the veil, he saw heaven. The prayers of the saints mixed with the incense, and God says, Take that over into the earth. So it's not that God's sitting there looking for opportunities to zap people or organizations, it's that you and I co labor with them as co-regents. That all authority in heaven and earth is given to him, Jesus said, 
and that he then tells us, go and make disciples of the East. Go and disciple the East. What a wonderful privilege that he raises us to be seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. To take part in his role of judging the nations, of ruling the nations, of bringing his word to the rulers and to the people. To having a say in a part in that. The privilege of prayer. And to actually be dispensers of God's judgment. And even his wrath. I believe that God gets angry with those who oppress his people. Those who come against the church. Those who come against the faith. Those who seek to destroy white Christianity off the face of death. God is not indifferent to that. Just like you and I are. We feel it, don't we? In our heart. The grief of that. The pain of that. How much more our Heavenly Father. How much more of the Lord Jesus. How much more the Spirit of God. Let's just pray very quickly. Father, we just thank you for the great privilege we've been called into of ruling and reigning with you. Lord, none of us deserve that. None of us can even be in any way arrogant about that because, Father, Lord, the path to that wonderful place that you've called us, seated with you, is one of humility. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own arrogance. But we do lift up, Lord, as we did earlier, our nation before you tonight. And ask you, Lord, to judge wicked rulers, to judge those with evil designs and plots and strategies and conspiracies. We don't have to look at YouTube, Father, we see from your word that kings and rulers are conspiring against you. Where all those plots come to nothing, we pray tonight. And may your kingdom in this nation come and your will be done in Britain. As it is in it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close our service, folks. Um, or, or I'll just go on for another 45 minutes. Yeah. Amen. Now, let's close our service uh, by